You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. If you come to the site now, all kinds of rookie rundowns there, the fantasy football rookie rankings that we talked about on the show earlier this week. Uh, and uh, now looking at the offensive rookie of the year odds and a um, lot of key players on there that we'll be talking about here as we do our continuation of the depth chart updates here for you after the 2019 NFL draft. That's the other fallout that we see is how these depth charts look now as the rookies and veterans included. We looked at all the AFC teams yesterday. This day we're going to look at the NFC teams all across the board, see where they stand here after uh, all the moves that happened. Now that we have a complete picture almost of these teams they might sign a few guys here and there off the street but for the most part we are pretty clear of uh, what these players and teams are going to look like now going into 2019 with a lot of uh, battles ahead that we're going to break down for you to see what you have to be watching on each team's depth chart going forward and what is kind of set and expected and kind of carries over status quo from last season so let's dive right into this the cardinals we know they have a big change in their depth chart we go in alphabetical order here we start with arizona kyler murray drafted number one overall he's going to be your new starting quarterback why it's pretty clear brett hundley is your number two the uh former packer and brown kind of bounced around there so hundley is now year two he came over from seattle specifically for the cardinals so murray Locked in as your starting quarterback. David Johnson is going to remain your starting running back. No changes there. They didn't actually draft anyone. Chase Edmonds from last year's draft. Still the direct backup to David Johnson. We'll see if they work in TJ Logan and DJ Foster, who were both uh, injured last year and really weren't factors. But I would suspect Edmonds, the healthy back, the young back behind Johnson, to be the number two. And Johnson to be used a lot better with Cliff Kingsbury than he was with the either Mike McCoy or Byron Leftwich last year. At wide receiver, there are some things in flux. Right now, it's still Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk as the holdovers. Uh, but Kirk has some competition to stay on the field. Fitzgerald, they're going to keep him out there. Venerable tight ends like wide receiver that Murray can lean on. But you have Christian Kirk, Hakeem Butler they drafted, Andy Isabella also used a later on pick on Keyshawn Johnson, signed... Kevin White, that's Keyshawn Johnson, a little different from the veteran. But they also have Chad Williams hanging around Trent Sherfield. So this is going to be an interesting depth chart. But right now I would say Butler, Isabel, and Kirk battling for the key touches there behind Fitzgerald in this new offense. Kirk might be suited for a slot there. They like Fitzgerald in the slot, of course, but it's a different type of offense. Cliff Kingsbury wants to go sideline to sideline with this. Butler's your best outside threat, so it could be come down to Isabella and Kirk to, on who can stay on the field more there. Tight end, not much to see there. Charles Clay takes over, which 
We know there's not much production out of this position with uh, Clay being their blocking type from uh, Miami and Buffalo. So he pretty much replaces Jermaine Gresham in that role on Ricky Seals-Jones, slide him down. Not a guy that we're going to looking at more as the Cardinals go more wide receiver-centric than they already were here in the new offense with Cliff Kingsbury. The next team that we look at is the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, Matt Ryan, still your starting quarterback. They re-signed Matt Schaub to be the backup. The changeup, Devonta Freeman and Edo Smith. They did pick up Kenyon Barner there of late to help replace uh, Tevin Coleman. Had Quadri Olsen was the one running back they drafted there. Took a flyer on Jeremy Langford as well, but... Looks like it's going to be the Devontae Freeman, Edo Smith show, much like it was the Devontae Freeman, Coleman show earlier in the past few years of these running backs. So Edo, we saw that he could do some things there with Freeman out behind uh, Coleman. So Smith is going to be a guy that we're going to look at on the radar as well, given Freeman has had the injury history as well. At wide receiver, they have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley pretty set there as your outside stars, Muhammad Sanu in the slot. Justin Hardy, your number four, has a little bit of competition with uh, Russell Gage and Devin Gray and Marcus Green in there. So some things to look at there, but pretty clear cut there that you have Jones and Ridley on uh, the starting spots. A new that kind of possession slot guy and a tight end. Not much changes here. They signed Luke Stocker as the new number two to Austin Hooper, but Hooper locked in there. So pretty normal offensive team that didn't really changes in relation to Arizona Atlanta pretty much stays the same as last year the Panthers uh, some changes there for sure Cam Newton still your starting quarterback and the shoulder thing has not been an issue Will Greer however they used a third round pick on the quarterback from West Virginia for your starter so he's clearly the new number two and developmental guy as well ahead of uh, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen right behind Newton. So stash to watch there. Christian McCaffrey, we're all wondering who they might go after as his backup. They're really intent on getting a backup in the draft, someone who could do his role if he went down. Cameron Artis Payne somehow kept Elijah Hood returns here. They signed Elijah Holyfield, uh, Evander's son out of Georgia after the draft, kind of a plotter power type. Maybe to replace uh, what we saw with uh, Jonathan Stewart. But Jordan Scarlett was the draft pick. So a little bit of a reach there. So really no threat so far to Christian McCaffrey and seeing a feature role. I think it's only in case of emergency, in case he's hurt, you'll see different guys in there. But McCaffrey's still going to be that workhorse of uh, close to 25 touches per game. At wide receiver, DJ Moore, last year's first-round draft pick. Locked in as the new number one with Devin Funches gone. Curtis Samuels are two. They did, last time we did this, uh, they didn't have Chris Hogan. They signed the veteran from the Patriots there. We'll see how they work in Samuel versus Hogan. Jerry's Wright sticking around. They had also picked up Rashad Ross. Terry Godwin after the draft. Uh, all kinds of uh, guys that they looked at there as flyers, but... Right now, you think Morris is going to be set up for a big role at this position. Samuel's more of a slot uh, hybrid running back style, and Chris Hogan, you know, slowed down quite a bit as the Patriot last year. At tight end, you look at uh, Greg Olson returning for another season. Ian Thomas, we'll see if that torch gets past some point, but Olson, 
So they've announced their uh, Monday Night Crew, so that ship has sailed for now for Olsen, but coming back for one more year, and we'll see if he can produce. But Ian Thomas, he figures he's going to start to do a little bit more there for the Panthers. As we go to our next team, the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, Chase Daniel still behind him. The running backs have been changed, however. They signed Mike Davis in uh, free agency there, the former Seahawk, kind of the second or third back, however you play behind uh, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. But David Montgomery is the complete back here that I'm going to watch. Terry Cohen was the default number one on the depth chart. But keep in mind, this guy kind of averaged less than 11 touches per game last year. So David Montgomery has the inside track now to be lead with Jordan Howard gone. They traded him. Since we last did this, Taquan Mizell is going to be more in the kick return game. Kareth White is another running back they drafted as well. So kind of a crowd there all of a sudden after the Howard trade. But I think Montgomery has the inside track to be the lead back in Chicago. As more powerful version of Cohen can stay on the field, do the pounding, finish drives, as well as catch passes if need be for Matt Nagy. At wide receiver, uh, it got a little bit more crowded. You have Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Anthony Miller holdovers, but they signed Cordell Patterson, the kick returner from the Patriots, drafted Riley Ridley, signed Emmanuel Hall there as well from the draft. Emmanuel Hall, some people thought, would go ahead of Ridley or around the time that Ridley would go. So Kevin Ridley, a.k.a. Riley Ridley, a.k.a. Calvin's brother, in the mix as well. So a lot of things there a lot of mouths to feed there. That was a little bit of concern with the Bears last year in the production. Gabriel had the flashes. Miller had one or two good games. Robinson was hurt a little bit. So a lot to uh, digest there with the Bears in their diverse passing game. It's kind of happened like it has with Matt Nagy in Kansas City. You had one guy and then spread it around to the rest. We'll see if tight end gets a little bit more involved. Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen remain the one-two there as they did not go after one in the draft so the Bears are pretty close to what we saw last year with the exception of David Montgomery taking over the last team we'll talk about before we uh, take a break here is the Dallas Cowboys here Cowboys uh, Dak Prescott is still your starter Cooper Rush remains the backup Ezekiel Elliott however saw some changes behind him as they drafted both Tony Pollard and Mike Weber so Mike Weber, straight from Ohio State, replaced Elliott there directly. His backup here is the same running style. Darius Jackson, they already had on the list. So Pollard and Weber and Jackson will be kind of battling for that Rod Smith role as the first man up after Elliott. Could be a bit of a committee there. But, of course, Weber has the same type of running style and a background as Elliott, so someone to watch there. Pollard was the higher-drafted pick, however. So things to watch there for sure with the wide receiver spot. Cowboys didn't really go there. Still Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the outside with Randall Cobb battling uh, guys like Alan Hearns and uh, others for that role. But Cobb figures to be the slot guy with Taman Austin settling into more of a hybrid return role. And the tight end at depth chart, they didn't have to go back to tight end after getting Dalton Schultz last year with uh, Jason Winton coming back. So Jason Winton pretty much uh, replaces uh, Jeff Swaim back there's the number one, but I wouldn't expect too much from the tight end. It's a team that's pretty clear that they're going to have Prescott, playoff Elliott in the running game, go to Cooper, a little bit more to Gallup this year. And I think Gallup is going to be the receiver that gets a bump up as well as Cobb battling to replace uh, Cole Beasley in this uh, starting lineup. Well, 
We talked about all these new players that have just gotten jobs into the NFL. Well, hiring used to be hard and uh, finding right candidates for the jobs in the real world. You know how tricky that can be. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy as you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but nope, they don't stop there. With the power of their matching technology system, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. How effective is ZipRecruiter? 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And listen up, right now, as a listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at Locked On. There, ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Locked On. Check out ZipRecruiter. We thank them for... Sponsoring the podcast, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We'll be right back here to start to look at the next wave of depth charts updated after the 2019 NFL Draft in the NFC. All right, let's uh, continue with the D's here. We still have one more team in the D's in the NFC. The Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford, uh, they avoided uh, taking any quarterbacks. We thought the Lions might be in a market for quarterback, but... No, it's still Connor Cook and Tom Savage behind him. So Matthew Stafford not looking at his shoulder, locked in as a starter. Again, on Johnson coming off the injury that ended last season. He's the lead here. C.J. Anderson's probably his early down backup. Zach Zenner also in the mix. They uh, also have Theoretic still around. Kerwin Williams, the former Cardinal, there as well. So on Johnson in a good spot to produce and uh, build on his rookie success here. A wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, probably ahead of Marvin Jones now in the pecking order as the go-to guy, Galladay, really emerging as that number one type. You have Danny Amendola working the slot here. So good combo of things happening there for the Lions as they kind of transition away from looking at uh, what they did at wide receiver before with the Galladay, Jones, and Golden Tate, I think Amadol is going to be more of a role player in the slot. That's because they've changed up tight end quite a bit. TJ Hawkinson, the number eight overall pick, figures to climb the step chart for now. He's right co-number one with Jesse James. This hurts Michael Roberts and Logan Thomas from having a key role here. Isaac Nada was also drafted behind Hawkinson, but Hawkinson is going to be the number one time. He's just too talented. They use a number eight overall pick on him. He's going to be the new receiving guy that we look at and give the Lions receiving relevance at that position, something they haven't had quite for a while since uh, maybe some flashes of Eric Ebron. But Hawkinson, unlike Eric Ebron as a rookie, is a complete tight end. Hands are not an issue. Inline is not an issue. And catching is certainly not an issue in stretching the field. So Hawkinson, we're going to definitely keep him on the radar right now. We In our rankings, we had him as the top tight end one among rookies, but uh, I think right now he's a high-end tight end two to be safe, and we'll, he'll keep going up the charts there. At our next team, we go to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Yep, still the starting quarterback. Aaron Jones is their lead back, but 
Potential change behind him is Jamal Williams is the number two, but they did draft Dexter Williams, a running back I really like. Cabri Bibbs also in the mix. Trey Carson, a former Seahawk, also there. But Dexter Williams, I would watch. He's a lot like Aaron Jones and could do a lot of things he can do. So I could see him being the complimentary guy, the uh, insurance there for Aaron Jones. Dexter Williams, certainly the running back to watch there. And there's no guarantees here with the new coach and Matt LaFleur that Aaron Jones is going to lock down things. He might like Williams a little bit more. Home run ability that Williams has, Matt LaFleur really likes in his running backs, whether it was Todd Gurley in Los Angeles or Derrick Henry in Tennessee. At wide receiver, they didn't uh, draft a wide receiver, so sticking with the potential of the three guys they drafted last year, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinamia St. Brown, and Jamon Moore, those are the one, two, three behind Devontae Adams, Geronimo, Allison trying to fight for roles. So we thought they could go after a wide receiver, but that didn't happen, so... Allison, uh, Valdo Scantling, St. Brown Moore will be in a battle. Jay Kumaro could be your new slot guy that you look uh, with the Randall Cobb moving on. Uh, so all things to look at there with Green Bay and that receiving core in flux. They did draft a tight end, however, and uh, Jay Sternberger, more receiving type now. He has to hold up his inline blocker, but Jimmy Graham's getting older, breaking down of Graham breaks down further. We saw that Robert Tunyon made a big play for them last year in a spot for a touchdown. Well, I think Sternberger has a little bit of that Tanyan athleticism, can displace Graham. May not be the blocker to get on the field the way that Mercedes Lewis, the veteran, is there as the current number two, but Sternberger in time is going to cut into the touches of Jimmy Graham, and uh, that's a position to watch there for sure, given it's a, a key targeting spot for Aaron Rodgers. The next team that we'll look at is the Los Angeles Rams. And with the Rams, you know that uh, quarterback is pretty set here for a while with Todd Gurley. And uh, with them, it's just uh, looking at Jared Goff. He's settled in there. Todd Gurley and running back, you have Daryl Henderson. That's the change up here is that they added him with Malcolm Brown and John Kelly moved on from C.J. Anderson. So overall, you look at uh, Gurley in a stepping in a good role, but Henderson, that home run hitting change of pace, could also be the guy that they trust behind Gurley. They did trade up to get him. They really liked his long run ability there for Sean McVay. So Henderson, Brown, and Kelly, something we're going to watch given Gurley's recent injury history and uh, that he need to be filled in down the stretch and how well C.J. Anderson did just that during the regular season and into the playoffs. Wide receiver stays intact here with Brand Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds. So same thing. No pickup at wide receiver. No pickup at tight end. Jared Goff uh, backed up by Blake Bortles now. Not much change so far. Elsewhere, uh, the big thing that you look at on the offensive line, they moved on from Roger Saffold. So they got to find an answer there. They had to move Austin Blight from uh, right guard to center with uh, John Sullivan not being retained. So a couple of things changing the continuity of the offensive line, but otherwise the Rams, much what we can see them with the exception of Henderson there behind Gurley. The next team that we look at is the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins. No draft pick of a quarterback, which is surprising. They were fine with Sean Mannion, I guess, is their new uh Backup quarterback and running back Dalvin Cook is still your man, but Alexander Madison is the guy they drafted, and he automatically becomes the number two. That's notable because Cook 
has had that injury history, and we know what the number two in Minnesota did last year. Produced sometimes as a number one, Latavius Murray. I think Madison is similar. Power back gets the yards that are there, can finish pretty well, can do the things as needed if you put him out on the field for three downs. So Madison is going to be your high-value handcuff for Dalvin Cook, especially if you're investing a late first-rounder on Dalvin Cook. At wide receiver, we thought they would go after some help at wide receiver. Instead, it's Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Thielen with the new big deal since we broke down the depth charts last. So he's locked in for a long time with Diggs. Laquan Treadwell fighting Chad Beebe and uh, Jordan Taylor and some other receivers there for a spot. But they didn't draft anyone, so Treadwell keeps his job by default now, but he could really lose it here soon, so we'll watch that. Now, Kyle Rudolph is still your starting tight end, but Irv Smith was drafted there in the second round. So Irv Smith pretty much lining up as a Kyle Rudolph replacement. They decided to keep Rudolph, but Smith could displace him a little bit as they fade him as Rudolph gets older and he becomes a free agent next year. So Irv Smith in line to replace Rudolph, and we'll see if he can carve out a role this year because we know in the past Kirk Cousins has had good affinity to tight end and didn't really materialize with the Vikings with Rudolph having a limited role behind Thielen and Diggs and the other weapons. But uh, I think Irv Smith definitely can be a big-time receiver and a good blocker in line in this league for a long time. So we'll watch that if Rudolph uh, gives him an opportunity there this year to jump the learning curve and get in the lineup. there, The Vikings, uh, notably, will also mention offensive line there. New situation with Garrett Bradbury there at your new center. Pat Elfline moving to guard. They also picked up Josh Klein from the Titans. So much better interior line to help uh, Dalvin Cook there that is developed in Minnesota. The next team we'll look at is the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have uh, Drew Brees. We know everything's fine behind him. Taysom Hill, still your change of pace quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray is their new back there. So Mark Ingram goes to Baltimore. Murray goes away from Minnesota. Lands as New Orleans number two back in the uh, Mark Ingram role. At wide receiver, you didn't see too much there change. They did add little Jordan Humphrey in the back end of the draft, but right now you see it's Michael Thomas with Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith, and Cam Meredith battling for that second duty. Keith Kirkwood looks like the slot guy in all of this mix, so still a lot to be determined there with the Saints and their wide receiver core. Tight end, they did draft Elise Mack there, but Jared Cook is still the lead this big free agent signing there, best receiving tight end they've had since Jimmy Graham and coming off his best season as well. So we'll be watching Cook in his key role. Mac is going to be a developmental type right now. And Cook, given the wide receiver question mark at the number two, Cook could really step up and be the number two target behind Thomas, at least in that spot of the field, and the third behind uh, Thomas and Kamara. Now we'll finish up with the rest of the teams in a moment, but first got to look you know that we're powering through with our Locked On NFL shows team by team. We've got you covered throughout the offseason, as well as our great shows, Locked On NBA family, uh, getting you through the playoffs, uh, working your way to the 2019 NBA draft. And don't forget our movie podcast, Full Swing, as we've hit the season here and uh, things are really revved up for that 
sport as well. So check out all our podcasts. We've got you covered, whatever sport it is, whatever time of the year it is. We're always talking about it and bringing you the greatest inside here on the Lockdown Network. We'll be right back here to break down the rest of the updated NFC depth charts after the 2019 NFL Draft. All right, so let's uh, look at the rest of the teams here. We left off uh, right at the New York Giants, and we know they have a little bit of change of the depth chart. Eli Manning, still your number one quarterback for now, but they did use the number six overall pick on Daniel Jones, so that's going to be interesting to see if they let Jones compete for the job or they stick with Manning early. Is it going to be the Kurt Warner-Manning situation that we saw all the way back in 2004? We'll see. All that to develop here if Jones eventually gets to start here by anything more than uh, Eli getting hurt. If they just say, okay, Jones, we're going to let you play here at some point, I'd say it comes in the second half season because I don't think the Giants are going to be a very good team record-wise with their defense in transition. Saquon Barkley is still your lead running back. They didn't draft anyone, so Wayne Gallman is still your uh, key handcuff there. At wide receiver, Sterling Shepard got a new deal. Locked in as the new number one after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Golden Tate signed late in free agency to be your new number two. We'll see how they work in everybody else. But they have Corey Coleman and Cody Lattimore and Russell Shepard. So and just not a lot to see there. So I think you're going to see a lot of two wide receiver action for the Giants. And that's good news for Evan Ingram. Still the lead tight end here. Didn't go out and get any insurance there. So Shepard, Tate, and Ingram, and Barkley locked in as your four basic and a pretty darn good receiving core for Eli Manning and or Daniel Jones this season. And uh, that's not a surprise, but some weapons there if Jones can get in there and play for sure, given that some of the issues the Giants could have on the defensive end where it still opens things up for a lot of throwing and uh, some checkdowns there to Barkley. We know he's kind of offensive line and skill position proof otherwise to be a big-time producer, and it's going to be still challenging for that first player taken off the board in fantasy football drafts. We go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is still your starting quarterback. There's no more Nick Foles. Clayton Thorson was drafted there. He'll battle with Nate Sudfeld to be the number two there. Jordan Howard is your new back from veteran situations. Uh, the power back and Miles Sanders was also drafted. So Howard and Sanders are the shiny new weapons here. Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Josh Adams. They have picked up Boston Scott, the former Saints. Draft pick and Donald Humphrey is still around here. So a lot to see here with the Eagles, even without uh, Darren Sproles and Jay Ajayi. And a uh, big change up here. So Jordan Howard figures to be the power back. Miles Sanders could be the swing guy that takes the lead. But I think Smallwood, Clement, Sanders, Adams, they're going to have to find someone to cut and pare that down. I know Doug Peterson likes committees, but it would be ridiculous to have a five-person committee. So I can see one person being easily cut from the Smallwood, Clement, Adams camp maybe it simplifies where two are, and then you have Howard and Sanders as your lead backs in this committee. At wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey is your lead, but Deshaun Jackson climbs in there. The former Eagle returns ahead there with uh, Nelson Agalor as a a good uh, slot guy that they still kind of like. But JJ Arcega Whiteside drafted there, so Agalor they were on the brink of trading him. They did also pick up. 
Charles Johnson and Mac Holland, Shelton Gibson, Johnny Holton, Braxton Miller's gotten a flyer here, so we'll see. But Aguilar fading a little bit. Deshaun Jackson can't play the slot, however. Our Sega Whiteside is also a big outside threat, so that could help Aguilar and his spot here on the team. But Deshaun Jackson, pretty much that Mike Wallace, Torrey Smith role, that speedster to stretch the field on the outside. For Carson Wentz, and we know from his past in Philadelphia, and some recent success in Tampa that he can still do that even at as the age. At tight end, Zach Ertz and Dallas Godert won twos. That stays the same there for the Eagles. Uh, they also signed Richard Rodgers. So a little bit of cry there when you think Joshua Perkins and Will Ty, the former Giant, is also there. But it's going to be Ertz and Godert so far. We go to the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo back on top of the depth chart, looking good from the knee injury to be the number one again. You have Nick Mullins who will settle for the number two role. He'll battle actually C.J. Beathard for that, but Mullins already displaced Beathard. As a starter, so I think Mullins would have the intrade track as the number two for Jimmy G here in 2019. At running back, uh, we know the big change was Tevin Coleman was signed free agency here. Didn't draft a back. Still have Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Matt Day still hanging around. Jarek McKinnon still hanging around. They haven't decided to cut him. He's coming off major injury, so you can see a Coleman-McKinnon like slasher-type deal. They're trying to go with these fast backs. So they'll probably keep Mostert because it's special teams and the power, but we'll see between Breida, Wilson, Coleman, and McKinnon how they kind of break it down as we go into uh, training camp and uh, preseason. At wide receiver, you have uh, Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis. Right now, Goodwin, tenuous hold, more tenuous hold than Pettis. I think Pettis is okay. See how they work in Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Hurd, remember, kind of a hybrid running back in there. So Samuel was going to try to key, key in a key role in the slot here ahead of Trent Taylor. has been a bit of a plotter. They had also picked up Jordan Matthews. Kendrick Bourne is still hanging around, but Pettis still figures to be the number one here to me. Goodwin, can he hold his role as the number two? Probably because they need him on the outside to stretch the field with Samuel working in the slot. And Samuel, definitely a player to watch there if he can carve out a bigger role it's just hard to see that right now because you also factor in the tight end george kittle as the key receiver there maybe even the go-to guys for jimmy garoppolo so you're already starting if you're the slot receiver you're about the third or fourth option for the 49ers and maybe even lower so with mckinnon and coleman in the mix who can catch passes out of the backfield they did draft a tight end caden smith so Garrett Selleck, we'll see if he can hold up as the number two, but Caden Smith out of Stanford has uh, some appeal there for sure. But Kittle, still the best tight end in the game, I think, all around. I know Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have their arguments and are pretty good in fantasy, but for fantasy and reality all around, I still am a George Kittle guy all the way here, and that's probably where I would rank him right now if I was doing the uh, positional rankings. Now, we go to Seattle. We have three more teams to go. Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington to break things down. Russell Wilson is still your starting quarterback. Paxton Lynch was signed as a flyer to be their developmental backup. Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, now the 1-2, as I mentioned, that uh, Mike Davis is gone. Travis Homer was picked up there. He'll work as number three. J.D. McKissis, C.J. Procise, one of those is the third down back. But Homer's more in that Mike Davis role. We'll see if McKissick or Procise one of them last, Bo Scarborough is the last back on his depth chart. You're looking at uh, wide receiver Doug Baldwin. We mentioned uh, there's a potential that he may not return. Right now he'd be your number one, really working in the slot, but Tyler Lockett would be in that kind of replacement role if Baldwin were to retire here. Metcalf, would, DK Metcalf, the rookie, 
there from Ole Miss would step up in a bigger role ahead of uh, David Moore there. So first he's going to have to battle David Moore and Jerron Brown and also fellow drafted rookie Gary Jennings Jr. for a key role in this offense. But they also drafted John Ursua late in the draft as well. So a lot of wide receiver help the Seahawks try to reinforce and Probably the, the three way to look at it is that they're really concerned that Baldwin is going to hang it up and need more bodies here. So you could see Metcalf no worse as a number two receiver for the Seahawks should Baldwin hang it up, but him playing more on the outside and Lockett going on the inside. Our next position here is tight end. Will Disley, remember, had the big injury. I think he can jump over Nick Vanette. Ed Dixon, they just picked up Jacob Hollister from the Patriots, so a little bit of a mix of tight end, but Disley is clearly the best option there for the Seahawks. Again, a run-heavy team. These tight ends are not going to be too involved too much. That's why they have all these extra wide receivers, because wide receivers are more critical to the offense here going forward. So the Seahawks, uh, again, not too many changes there, but definitely wide receiver is a position to watch in Seattle. Our next team is Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston locked in as your starting quarterback. Blaine Gabbert battling Ryan Griffin to be the new backup. They also signed Nick Fitzgerald late in the draft. Now, notable that they didn't draft a running back. Everyone thought they might do that. Peyton Barber reluctantly is lead back, but this could be a big opportunity for Ronald Jones, the second, to really establish himself as a key back in this offense there. So Barber and Jones will be battling. They did pick up Andre Ellington, the former Bruce Arians favorite from Arizona coming back in the league. So if you'll see if he's uh, receiving change of price, pretty much will place the Jaquiz Rogers role in this new offense with uh, Arians and Byron Leftwich. At wide receiver, Chris Godwin slides up to the number two behind Mike Evans here. Didn't really look at uh, wide receiver much in the uh, draft here. So Evans in a great spot, of course. Godwin uh, looking like a number two that they're going to move all over the field. Brashad Perryman and Justin Watson, not the greatest number three options here. So Godwin really benefited from this offseason with Jackson moving. They also decided to keep O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. It'll be interesting because Arian's offense typically doesn't use the tight end as well. But with Howard, a special case, they might have to make an exception. We know he'll be a dominant blocker and a key blocker in the running game for Arians as they try to get the power running game so they can set it up to stretch the field downfield. So that's what you're looking at there with the Buccaneers and time to wrap up with the Redskins who have a lot of things that we're going to watch here. Redskins Case Keenum was picked up there as a contingency plan for Alex Smith who probably is not going to play this year. Colt McCoy coming off injury as the backup. They like to keep him as the pure backup. So things are lining up for Rookie first-rounder Dwayne Haskins to displace Case Keenum as the starting quarterback. So Haskins-Keenum, I figure, is going to be a good battle here. They're going to watch it. Running back, they did keep Adrian Peterson, but interestingly, Darius guys coming off injury. Now they also have Bryce Love coming off an injury as well. So that's not good news for the Samaj P. Ryans and Robert Kellys and Byron Marshalls of the world. They also have Chris Thompson as your third back. But I think Geis, if he's healthy... He's going to be the lead here. We saw that's where he was trending before he had the ACL blowout there in the first preseason game. You have Love, who's a little bit of a red shirt, maybe looking at him as a longer-term backup to what Geis can do and maybe a swing who can step in for Thompson as well, who's always injured there. So you look at uh, Geis on track. Peterson right now signed his insurance, but I'd say Geis is the favorite to win that lead job. 
At wide receiver, you have Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson. Richardson coming off of injury come returning. Doxson has been effective as a first-round pick. They did use draft picks on Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon, two guys I really like. McLaurin is an outside. Deep threat, Harmon is an outside. Possession guy there, so there's going to be a battle there. Don't forget about Trey Quinn as well, Mr. Relevant there that has a chance to uh, stick again with the Redskins. They have guys like Brian Quick and others on this depth chart, but McLaurin, Harmon, Dotson, Richardson. I think Dotson, Richardson by default are going to be your starters, but McLaurin and Harmon can give them a battle here at some point. At tight end, they didn't go in that direction here in the draft, uh, so still a lot of uh, Jordan Reed here as your lead, so it could be a key target, especially if it's Haskins and needing security blanket. I think Haskins in there definitely could change the way that you look at this depth chart and how the Redskins want to formulate the skill-supporting cast for their quarterback, especially if it's a rookie. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, all the NFC depth chart updates after the 2019 NFL Draft. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. We'll be back and start looking at uh, how the rankings now stack up across positions. They're going into the offseason, coming out of the draft as well. So another update there with the rankings by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. That's what we'll focus on there next week. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.